Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Charlie Brennan, Amy Mark scores with you on a Monday morning. Chris Ranji, well, he will be back tomorrow. Uh, thank you for all of your texts, 314-436-7900 to call or text in. Charlie, you've got fans, a lot of fans who are glad to hear you. One person said, Charlie sounds great. He should be on more often. One person said, Charlie is the best. Great show. Amy, you're great as well. That's nice to hear. It's great to be back working with you and... Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> I have donuts from Old Town Donuts. If anyone in the building wants one, you know, they have uh, locations in Florissant and Cottleville, and their push keys are out now. It's it's like a Lenten special. Although That's it's right. not Lent yet, is it? That starts uh, February 14th for those who observe that. Does right? it start February 14th? Well, I, I think that's Ash Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay. February 14th this year. Gotcha. If I could be mistaken. Well, in just a couple of minutes, we are going to chat with St. Louis Post-Dispatch education reporter Blythe Bernard. She has uh, written about literacy rates in St. Louis. They are not great. Really, reading scores and literacy rates have plummeted across the country, especially after COVID. Um, Very, very damaging to those scores. So we'll get more information as we chat with Blythe. Uh, Earlier today... We spoke with Dr. Krister Knapp of Washington University about the Iran-backed drone attack in Jordan near the Syrian border. Uh, it killed three U.S. troops and 34 troops were injured. This situation between the United States and Iran has flared up again. But even going back before that, right, in the Trump administration, the U.S. Um, uh, st- struck and, and killed uh, Qassam uh, Soleimani, who was the head of the uh, Al-Quds forces for Iran. And, um, and, and Iran struck back by launching military uh, uh, missile strikes at um, military personnel based in Iraq, and also in January 2020. And so really this is just part of a pattern of when there's a security breach or Iran senses weakness in U.S. leadership, they will unleash their proxies and test what the limits of, uh, of, of the U.S. is in the region. And we also spoke with Cindy Mentz. She is the CEO of TrailNet. Now, if you have had a close call with a car, if you're on your bike, walking, running, and you've been hit by a car or almost have, they want to hear from you. Each year, we, we report on the number of crashes that we see, the number of fatalities for um, pedestrians and cyclists and vulnerable road users. And each year, we kind of put a different spin on it. And last year, we focused on Natural Bridge and some of the changes that happened there and so some impacts of some of the projects. And this year, what we're looking for is for folks to, set, to share their stories because 
we want to really emphasize the human side of these crashes and these numbers. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that it is such a popular thing to be hit by a car, whether you're on a bike or whether you're you're walking. Yeah, and that's something, Charlie, that you have talked about historically. We both have. I'm I'm a runner. You ride your bike. You walk. You run. And it is a big issue in this area. There should be enough room for pedestrians and for cars. But we're having a lot of run-ins, a lot of distracted driving, especially with texting. And again, to participate in the TrailNet survey, their crash report, it's trailnet.org. Yeah, I, I think people have to be a little more mindful and... I'd love to see more police officers out there pulling over the crazy drivers. Mm -hmm. We've all seen them. I mean, if you've been driving in this area, in this country, the past couple of years, you've seen that people just are weaving in and out of lanes at excessive speeds, and uh, it's very dangerous. Uh, And I don't think we can emphasize enough what smartphones have done to lower the quality of driving because it is like having drunk drivers out on the roads at all times of the day. I'll drive down Highway 40, you see people swerving. How do we know that the uh, introduction of gummies and marijuana aren't also affecting people's driving skills? After all, how often do you drive down the street and you get the waft of marijuana? And and how many times is a car passing by you and some guys uh, taking gummies? I don't know if that means uh, the driver is driving faster, but seemingly the reflexes would be worse. You would think so. I mean, it's impaired driving, and you can say it's legal. Sure, marijuana is legal, so is drinking, but drunk driving is illegal. And I think if you're impaired in any way under the influence, that as well. And you know it's happening because, yes, it's such a heavy smell. You drive by the cars in the morning running Forest Park. There's a lot of like wake and bakers where it's five in the morning and a car drives by and it's a very strong smell. You can't tell me that none of those drivers are being impeded in any way. Right. And the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in the past five years. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun one. Both games were pretty solid uh, yesterday, but just good to see, uh, the, you know, it's it's incredible that the Chiefs are able mm. to in in a season where we all thought that this was about as bad as it's been in the Patrick Mahomes era. Here they are still getting to the Super Bowl. It's uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, and it's crazy because I was driving ten year old Peter Jar to school today, and I said, "Can you believe it, Peter? The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl again." Yeah, that's awesome. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. Do you remember the Chiefs not being in the Super Bowl? And he's like. No, I only remember them in the Super Bowl. Like, he hasn't even experienced a losing team, a really extraordinary uh, dynasty, I guess, in the making. Maybe they have to win to be a dynasty, but it would be the first time that you'd have back-to-back Super Bowl champions since the 2004 New England Patriots. So, 20 years. It's like saying uh, to a Chicago fan in 1993, can you believe the Bulls are in the championship again? (laughs) Yes, we can. We can believe it. Hey, Charlie, we did not talk about this, but I know you have thoughts on immigration and then this bipartisan group of lawmakers who are on the verge of striking a deal. President, uh, Former President Trump voiced his opinion that he didn't want it to go through. It, it's a bad look for Republicans if immigration is a crisis that needs to be dealt with, but then they don't want it to be dealt with under the Biden administration because they want a Republican president to get that. That's right. 
Donald Trump's raison d'etre is the wall. It's the border. Or at least that's what's associated with him quite a bit. And if that issue is taken care of before November, that could hurt his chances. So Republicans who've been screaming loudly about the border, and I think with good reason, because some of our cities are just really overrun. Mm -hmm. People are sleeping in post offices. And uh, what uh, uh, Logan Airport is now a migrant shelter because people are looking for space to live. They've come to this country. They can't find a place to sleep. And so they're they're finding any public space they can. So it's an issue. There's no doubt. But now, apparently, there are some on Capitol Hill who don't want to solve the problem at least before November because it might hurt the Republican nominee, the presumed Republican nominee's chances. (laughs) Go figure. Yeah. Did you... And you probably saw this. There was a school in Brooklyn that canceled classes for a day so that migrants could be housed there during a storm. Now, that's that, that's the of, sign that you've got a problem. That's a sign. A lot of people were frustrated saying, if you have American kids, U.S. citizens, ki- kids who are going to high school can't go to school because they've got to use that building to house migrants. Mm-hmm. That's not only a problem. But the optics look really, really bad if you're trying to convince us that priorities are in the right order. And and I, don't get me wrong. I am pro-immigration. I have two kids who are immigrants. And uh, I welcome people from other countries to in, enhance the vitality and the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit and the work ethic, all that and more. In fact, this morning before coming here, I went to the doctor's office, Dr. Michael Ramey on uh, – I guess that's Ballas Road. And Sylvia, my dental technician who cleaned my teeth, is from Czechoslovakia. And she moved here without learn, without knowing a single word of English. And she and every member of her family got jobs. And they love this country. And so I, I mm-hmm. think it's all great. But people have borders for a reason. And we now have this law that says that if you come across the border and you declare asylum because you are persecuted, either because of domestic abuse or political abuse or crime or something like that, that you can stay while your case is being adjudicated. And let's face it, some people have gamed the system. Mm -hmm. They've come across the border and they've claimed asylum when what they're really doing is looking for a better life for their family. They may not have been persecuted, but by saying, hey, I need asylum, they get to stay. And that's that's no way to run the system. Yeah. Well, there is um, a story in the Wall Street Journal that I thought uh, you would really appreciate as well. It's a, an opinion piece from Senator Jerry Moran out of Kansas, and it is titled The Immigrants We Shouldn't Forget. Afghans Who Helped America Deserve a Path to Permanent Legal Residency. Really important note in this conversation about immigration and all of the Afghans who should be here, who I feel like we... We betrayed in many ways when the win we pulled out of Afghanistan and the way we did so. So a good piece by Senator Jerry Moran out of Kansas. They they should have citizenship stapled yep. to their what what's what's uh to their boarding pass yep. for whatever plane got them there. If they were working with us in Afghanistan, risked their lives, lives. then they made it here. I'm I'm happy to say that St. Louis leads the nation when it comes to helping the Afghan immigrants. You know. Downtown attorney Jerry Schlichter 
has started an organization where the Afghans in St. Louis have a, now a chamber of commerce. They have a newspaper. They've got a soccer field. Uh, they have a center where they can learn English. This is all put together by a, a, a lawyer out of his own pocket, by the way. And it's just a wonderful way to welcome these people here. Mm -hmm. And I ran into the president of the Afghan Chamber of Commerce at Home Depot. He recognized me from Donnybrook and came up and said, you know, things are going really well here. Yeah. And uh, that's the way it should be. Absolutely. Well, reading scores across the St. Louis area are not great, but a new campaign aims to boost literacy across the city of St. Louis and St. Louis as a whole. We've got the education reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Blythe Bernard, joining us in studio next. Charlie Brennan, Amy Mark scores with you on the Chris and Amy show. Chris will return tomorrow. Well, Charlie, you and I for years have talked about literacy rates and reading, how they were declining even before the pandemic. And then that decline was accelerated, especially in the areas that could afford it the least uh, during the pandemic and remote learning. There's a new reading campaign or reading campaigns that are hoping to make a reversal when it comes to declining reading scores. And to tell us more about this literacy boost is Blythe Bernard from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the education reporter. Blythe, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. Well, it's pretty sad to see these reading scores as low as they are. Give us some examples, the stats showing us in St. Louis or elsewhere, the reading proficiency of uh, young Americans. Right. Well, um, in St. Louis... Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. City, the um, they take all students in every grade take a standardized test every spring. Um, so the scores from 2023 in St. Louis City, we had about 20 percent um, scoring proficiency in English language arts, and I think it's important to say that it's not there's not a direct correlation to literacy rate like that test is looking at all kinds of language arts. So synonyms, antonyms, I mean, you're reading excerpts and answering questions. So it's related to reading. Um, there's not a really good way to, to say that uh, what grade level students are reading at. There's not a good way to test that. So I don't want to give the impression that that means 80% of students can't read. That's not what that's telling us. Um, it is telling us that there is a challenge that students aren't testing um, on the standardized test, that they're not um, reading without assistance and, you know, reading comprehension, mm -hmm. vocabulary, all of these different things. Also important to note that the statewide average is just 43% proficiency. So it's not like anybody is doing great at this on this test. But the, there is an achievement gap among African-American students and others I believe about 11% of the African-American students in the city are testing at proficient levels. Right. And uh, those figures are alarming to hear. Um, and again, 
they but they are in line with um, other districts in the area um, with similar populations. Um, again, the, there's one district in all of St. Louis City or mm-hmm. County where black students are testing higher than the statewide average um, for for all students. And that's Bayless. So that's interesting. Um, Bayless in South St. Louis County. Um, have, have the does Bayless do any different type of program? Have you looked or, or not you specifically, but anyone, have they looked at Bayless and said, what are you doing with your curriculum? What are you doing with your teachers? Are you structuring your class time any different? Yeah, I mean, I think that Bayless is a smaller district. Um, you know, they've got one elementary school, one middle school, one high school. They're all on the same campus, basically. Um, they've got small class sizes. They took their pandemic uh, relief funds and spent a lot of that on reading interventionists. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, they've got extra tutoring. They've got reading um, specialists who are pull- pulled into classrooms. Um, I think it's been um, hmm. really a you know, a, a success story um, but in our area. You also report that African-American students in the state are uh, reporting lower scores than the students for whom English is a second language. Yes. And again, these are just, these statistics are alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to offer some reassurance that it's a standardized test. And does this tell us more about the test? Does it tell us more about the students? It's a it's a point in time measurement, um, and what we know about standardized testing is that um, more even more than measuring the performance of a student, you're measuring the demographics of the students that you're testing. So um, race and income levels, of course, but the uh, the Biggest correlation between test scores is um, parent education level. So mm. these are um, generational challenges. Um, but they're going down. They are yeah. going down. Um, so how do we fix this? Well, we can't. We can't change parent education levels, right? We can. You know, I think that this attention on reading is important. I think that talking about it is great, and we can. Um, I, I got an idea. Yeah. I heard Tom Ackerman interview someone from Oasis mm-hmm. about the tutoring that Oasis does. Oasis is a group of volunteer seniors. Um, if we can get your article in the hands of leaders, and I know the NAACP has its own program too, to its credit, contact the folks at Oasis, say, we have to have a million points of light. We need the seniors to become an army of volunteers who are going to push into the troubled schools or at least into schools and help the kids who are behind. Now, I don't know if this is going to help the boys and the girls who are living with dyslexia and other some some serious learning issues. But if you had the seniors who are lonely and not attached from what we understand during this loneliness pandemic and the kids who need help, put them together. They sit down and they go through the books together. Why not? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think we should be making excuses for anyone, um, for parents, for teachers, for kids. 
Um, but I also don't think we should be pointing fingers at anyone. Well, no, no, it's a but, but big here, challenge, and I think that that's a great idea. It's an all hands on deck situation. Yeah, I, I wouldn't point fingers, but I would say, if you can't read, you're not going to become a lawyer. You're probably not going to become a doctor. Although I do know someone who had trouble reading who did become a doctor by listening to audio. But there are so many professions. You, you won't be a journalist. Right. I think, again, for that reassurance piece, uh, the average American is reading on about a seventh grade level. So if our 12th graders are testing at about 40, 50 percent proficiency, then then that's what mm. we should expect. Oh, boy. I mean, that's what I'm writing. I at. wouldn't expect that. <laughs> I'm writing at a newspaper. The newspaper we're writing at about a seventh grade level. So that doesn't wow. mean that that these people can't have a very successful life and be functioning mm. and um Oh, I do. I think it does. I think it does. I I disagree. I think reading is key, Blythe. And I think it's the way to succeed. Reading is key. What I'm saying is these scores aren't reflecting these students' abilities to be successful, productive members of our society. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. I didn't give up on them yet, but I think it's I think it's really important. And but it's not only St. Louis because the Boston Globe has been covering this and Massachusetts is considered a pretty good school state. They're having these same problems right now. Oh, sorry. Are are we out of time? That's it. Here's the thing, though. We're going to continue this conversation probably through the news because I know you guys are going on. It's a great conversation and really, really important. Blythe Bernard, thank you so much. Uh, If you want to get more information on Blythe's story, it's at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, stltoday.com. Charlie Brennan. Blythe Bernard, thank you. I'm thank Amy you. Mark Scores. Bly- Thanks, Blythe. Thanks thank for your great you. reporting. Thanks, Charlie. We'll be back Same with way. more on KMOX. Charlie Brennan, Amy Mark Scores with you. Well, we have been talking a lot about sports betting in Missouri or a lack of sports betting in Missouri, Kansas, Illinois, surrounding states all have legalized sports betting and primarily the measure to prove sports gambling, legalizing sports betting in Missouri has been held up by us, uh, one senator, and that is Warrensburg Republican Denny Hoskins. Well, also out of Warrensburg is State Representative Dan Houks, and he is sponsoring a bill that would legalize sports betting. So it's the Warrensburg's folks right now when it comes to sports betting. And Representative Houks joins us this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Good morning. All right. So you, you're not giving up. You would like sports betting to be legalized in the state of Missouri, along with the St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis Blues, Kansas City Chiefs, um, and the Royals. And you feel that this bill might have some hope, or do you think it will also get blocked by Denny Hoskins? Well, don't forget the Blues and the St. Louis Soccer Club and also uh, the uh, Kansas City Current, the Women's Soccer League there. So all the teams are for it. Uh, You know, I made a commitment a long time ago to continue running this, especially after hearing it from my constituents. Uh, You know, I hear about sports gambling every day from somebody, especially after this past weekend with our Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. I probably during that game had 20 or 30 different text messages from people wish I could bet on this game. So overwhelming support that uh, people would like to have it. Uh, I've made a commitment to keep uh, on with the bill. We've passed it out of the House three different times. Uh, So hopefully number four will be the best. You know, there was uh, Charlie Brennan here, Representative. How you doing? Doing Uh, well. There was a great Cardinal announcer by the name of Jack Buck, and he wrote about um, betting in his 
autobiography, that's a winner. And uh, he, he pointed out that the House always wins. And if he had his way, the law would say that uh, you couldn't enter casino if you were on public assistance. Is, isn't there something to that? We read that many Missourians don't have the $600 needed for an emergency. But now we're going to have betting you know, uh, I haven't read uh, the book you're talking about. Um, I can see, I can understand why they're saying that. Um, but, you know, I'll give you, for example, data that in the past or the last six months of last year, there were over 13 million bets tried to be placed in Missouri. And, uh, you know, because we have a geofence around the state. And so it goes to show you that roughly 200,000 people, that's how many bets. 13 million bets are placed by roughly 200,000 people going across state lines. And although I am concerned about the tax dollars we're missing out, I'm concerned more about the residual tax dollars that are missing out where somebody goes across the line, buys a soda, stops and has a hamburger, spends the day at Top Golf or whatever. The, the amount of tax dollars we're really losing out is multiplied way out there, if that makes sense. Yeah, but if someone doesn't place a sports bet, he or she might buy a service or a product in Missouri. So it's not like we would lose all that money. There are some states, as you know, that don't have sports betting yet. Texas and four of the fastest top 10 growing cities in the country are in Texas. It seems to me they're doing pretty well. While I just feel burned, Representative. I'll say we were told all these promises with the casinos and the lottery that the schools would be funded and life would be better. I think life's gone downhill since I've moved here, since we have all these this betting. Uh, I, I mean, I understand your side there also. Um, myself, personally, I don't bet. I, I you know, don't care to go to a casino. I, I will probably never have a mobile app to place a bet on my phone. I play the, the most legalized gambling there is, the stock market. Uh, which I'm not very good at, so that's why I don't bet in other things. Um, you know, I did put a lot of guardrails in this bill. You know, for instance, right now I've added another $500,000 to our, uh, com- our compulsive gambling. You know, if somebody does have a problem, we don't even use the $250,000 right now in the state for people who are having a gambling issue. Hmm. Uh, I've also added in there that the uh, Lottery Commission will have to put together reports about that. We don't have that currently. I'm sorry, the Gaming Commission, not Lottery. We don't have a, a report done of how many problems we have in the state with anybody having problem with problem gambling. Boy, that's interesting. Um, with, with sports gambling also, the state would get some sort of percentage of the tax, of course. Across the country, it goes from 5% to 37%. In your bill, what percentage would the tax be that, that would end up going it, it, to Jeff City? In my bill right now, currently, it's 10%, which would represent about $34 million going to education. I will say that's where it goes. Um, with the thought that in negotiations with the Senate, that tax rate will go up. It happened last year. The tax rate went up to 15%. Um, I could see it settling somewhere under 20 um, but it just depends on what happens with the Senate, to be quite honest with you. So it would be 10% on sports wagering. Right now, casinos pay a 21% tax on wagering, the kind that we already have now on slot machines and table games. Will that change? Will will theirs drop down to 10% or will it stay no, at 21%? No, that, that, that's a whole different part of, ga- of gambling. Uh, so that always will stay. At, it, it could go up or could go down, but in my bill, I don't adjust that one bit. You know, currently right now, 
what we're bringing into the state with all these people doing mobile gambling or offshore gambling. We're bringing in zero tax. Mm-hmm. And now, is it tell, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if the bill does pass the Missouri House, a Senate President pro tem Caleb Browden said that he would not push it forward to the governor's desk. I think his words were he'd put a kibosh on that. Okay. I think that that was the word last week. I read that article over the weekend. I have not had a chance to reach out to the president pro tem. I do have that on my list of things to do today to uh, understand what he was talking about because last year he was very pro getting it done uh, to find out well, where something changed. Yeah, that's where I'm a bit confused because before I thought primarily <clears throat> it was uh, – Republican Denny Hoskins, who was against the bill, I didn't know Caleb Browden also, but you're saying last year he was for it, this year he is seems to be against sports betting. And, and I haven't had a chance yet okay. to speak with him, okay. so uh, I, I don't know where he's coming from, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I know you mentioned earlier that you play the stock market uh, and while talking about gambling. There is risk in the stock market, but if you buy a share of stock, you actually own a piece of the company. And so there is kind of a difference between gambling and uh, playing the Wall Street game, right? There is. And I, I wish I would have known off the top of my head, the um, gentleman, it was a quote in a book, uh, a fund manager from the 80s who said it's the only legalized gambling. That's why I said that. <laughs> well, there, there, there is that risk, that's for sure. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Is it possible that the voters will issue the legislature, take it upon themselves, and in November have some sort of vote that will legalize gambling in the state of, state of Missouri for sports? Well, as you well know there in St. Louis, uh, Bill DeWitt has put together a group uh, along with the other sports teams and the mobile operators, your FanDuel, DraftKings, those type of people, to put an initiative petition together uh, that would – if. If we're not able to get sports gambling done, it would be on the ballot later this year. I don't know if it would be August or November, but uh, they're hoping to push to get an initial petition done so it goes to the vote of the people. What would you say? You said you yourself are not a gambler. I'm not a gambler at all. And what would you say to a listener who said, okay, I think gambling's a greater vice than it is a virtue why should why do we want it? Why do you want it for the state if it is ultimately a detrimental practice? Well, I'm going to go back three years ago, four years ago. I, I never paid attention to this uh, gambling bill one bit. And uh, just after listening to constituents back home saying, God, I wish I could sports gambling, I kind of started diving into it. And I actually had a meeting with the team owners, the casinos, the mobile operators, during the off session, we weren't in session yet. And I go, hey, guys, you got to break this down to me. I don't, I don't gamble, so break it down. And they broke it down to me. And then after hearing from so many people back home that they want to do this, and, and people all across the state, uh, I just felt that it was a, a bill to bring forward. Now, I hate to be uh, direct, but let's say those people who are calling you because they want to gamble on sports, what if they lose it all? Who's going to be paying for their food stamps and their Section 8 vouchers? Well, unfortunately, that would fall onto the state. And I hopefully, you know, they, before they got to that point, they would reach out to the state through a problem gambling hotline or the national hotline and seek help at that time before they get to that point. 
All right. Well, Representative Dan Houks of District 54, Warrensburg, thank you so much for your time uh, no, today. Thank you for having me on. I'm sure we'll thank be you. talking about it a lot in the future, probably for months to come. We sure will. You guys have a great day. You right. too, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, Charlie, you were saying um, you personally haven't had not you gambling, but people you know haven't had great experiences with gambling. I think there's probably a lot of people listening who feel that same way. Yeah, I don't want the state to miss out on tax dollars. Goodness knows we need it. At the same time, is it just encouraging a vice? I just haven't seen the glorious revolution promised by casino gaming or the lottery and I doubt this is going to do much either. They'll send the money from sports gambling to schools, but that just means they'll decrease the general revenue that goes to schools by an equal amount. That, I mean, that's my fear. And I did know when I grew up, the Johnny Landoff of Cleveland was a guy by the name of Ed Stinn. Ed Stinn was on all the television commercials. And he gambled on the NFL. He lost. He lost his dealership. Hmm. Uh, I've seen it happen here in St. Louis, too, to one family. I know a guy who lives in Clayton, lost his house and his beautiful wife hmm. after he gambled. Uh, well, as, as his wife told me, couldn't stop gambling on the NFL. Now, that was all illegal gambling for both those guys. But I, I just think it's better uh, for families to uh, work hard and invest as opposed to uh, put their money on the Chiefs game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a conservative fuddy-duddy, first to admit it. Yeah, and I, I think people with the argument with that, it's, well, people are going to do it anyway. They're going to go across the river to Illinois or Kansas and place their bets. So why should Missouri suffer? You know, there's some states that don't have it, and they're th mm -hmm. thriving really well. Utah. Have yeah. you been to Utah recently? Salt Lake City is a glorious city now. Just at the airport. Oh, you've got to get into it. Yeah. Great. And I, as I said earlier, Texas is doing really well without the sports gambling. Mm. You you can succeed without sports gambling. Okay. Well, we're a giving show, Charlie. We, we like to give away things on this show. So we're going to give away train and REO Speedwagon tickets. Wow. I know. We're going to give them away all week. So you got to listen all week so that you can have your chance to win. Well, how do I win? Well, I think you are ineligible. Why? Because you're here. Because I'm here? Because you're here, and I think... I think employees of Odyssey are not able, but I'm not an employee, am I? <laughs> I don't know. What's you'll the have, number? I'm calling right now. Steve. I'm speed dialing. All right, so here's the deal. All week long, we're giving away tickets, and we're going to give away our first pair of train and REO Speedwagon tickets. This is for their concert at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on July 16th. So the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, July 16th, be the 10th caller. Be the 10th caller right now, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 for a chance to win train and REO Speedwagon tickets. And then if you don't win today, be sure to listen the rest of the week so that you can win. You better call because Charlie is trying to call in right now. Charlie's Charlie's on the phone with Tyler, who's in the other room. I won. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have to dispute that. Hey, he's Charlie Brennan. I'm Amy Mark Scores. A few more minutes with Charlie before the Dave Glover Show is next. Well, we have a winner. It's Matthew from Breeze, Illinois, the home of Ski Soda. I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who 
said that Matthew won. Matthew won, not Matthew. Charlie. No. Matthew, good job beating out Charlie Brennan. It would have been he would have won under dispute anyway. I think. I think so. Yeah. So congratulations, Matthew. You have a great time at that con- at that concert. Hey, Charlie. We had a texter uh, who replied to your thoughts on gambling. That quote: I won four hundred dollars yesterday. Good for the texter. <laughs> No, that's great. They, also, they never tell you about their losses, though. That's my experience with many gamblers. Um, another texter said, morals are not laws as much as conservatives want it to be. This isn't a theocracy. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, Charlie, I, I, the old Bible thumper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm not into it for the moral reason. I just see people losing out and the promises of gambling Never seem to come to fruition, but I appreciate that. And I also have a libertarian streak in me, too. If, if that's what you want to do with your life, fine. But if you lose it all, should I be paying for your Medicaid? Well, I mean, yeah, that's why I like the Jack Buck theory. If you're on public assistance, you shouldn't be able to gamble. We have, um, let's see, Charlie, should alcohol be illegal due to the uh portion of the population that can't handle it legalized sports betting a high percentage of people that would have issues with betting on sports probably already find a way to gamble anyway that's from david and kirkwood yeah he's right and david uh it's true although you know beer actually does have some nutritive value (laughs) it It does it's got carbs Vitamin B, I think. Yeah. Oh, and that's why Charlie has a, his double fisting Bud Lights right now. Um, I guess a lot's changed since he's retired, but a little loosey-goosey with the alcohol in the morning. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> he does, well stated. He doesn't deny it. Loosey-goosey, Charlie Brennan, thank you Five so much. Five o'clock somewhere. That's right. Thanks for coming into Studio B. Uh, the, the text line, I couldn't even get to all the texts of people who were excited to hear you back on the microphone. Thank you for having me. I'll see you at the coffee joint. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm Amy Mark Scores. Chris Ranji returns tomorrow. I'm going to hang out with the Dave Glover Show. That's next on KMOX. Waiting for the... Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 